Coming up this time, a special request to look after a footballing legend. We was in the hotel having lunch, and Brian says, will you do me a favour, Club? He says, will you look after Bill Shankly for me? I says, crikey, yeah, of course I will. He says, he's a lovely man, but I've got a game. I've got a game to play today, he says. Spending time with Cluffy on holiday. We used to trundle down the seafront with bags of laundry, put the laundry into the laundrette. We never faced it back, I might add. <laughs> We took it and we sit and talk and he used to ask me about how I managed my men at work and what it was like industrial relations and, and then he'd talk about general things, he'd love to talk about family. Plus, Brian's will to win was as strong as ever when it came to snooker and dominoes. He'd give you signals, <laughs> secret signals, that <laughs> oh. if you'd played well, you didn't play the wrong domino. You had to remember the basic rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's fives and threes. You can always tell if it, if it won't very please. And, uh, as I repeat what he said, <laughs> our Joe would have you thrown out for playing a card. Oh, he called them cards. Our Joe yeah. would have you thrown out for playing a card like that. <laughs> and if a partner did him at snooker, oh, he'd never tell you what ball to play, but he'd always tell you if you played the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to another Green Jumper pod. I'm Marcus Alton, the editor of the tribute website, brianclough.com. And in this episode, there's more of the fantastic memories of Colin Shields, who was a close friend of Cluffy and one of the few people besides the players allowed to travel on the team bus. In the second part of our chat together, Colin looks back at life behind the scenes with Brian and we begin with a brilliant story of being invited to the island of Malta where Nottingham Forest played a match in the National Stadium. Colin reveals how they were invited along by government officials there but it didn't go completely according to plan. We were put in the best hotel in, in uh, Malta, the Hilton and we were ferried about with government officials, and we went to went to the island of Gozo. We had a, a state a state banquet, and I mean a state banquet. But before that, we did what we'd gone to do: play a game on the national stadium. They'd opened the national stadium as a part of the current celebrations. So we were in the coach, going to the game, going to the ground, and there was a lot of folks out there waving banners and shouting and bawling and one thing and another. When we got to the ground, there was even more. And I thought, what's all this about? Anyway, we got into the stadium and eventually Brian came up into the stands and he says, Cole, come and sit with me, will you please? I said, yeah, he said, no problem. So we went and sat and we had to sit behind the seat where the president was going to see it. Now, if that's his title, yes. I think that's where he was. He was the president of Malta or whatever. Yes. And I said to Brian, I'm not very comfortable here, Brian. He said, well, what's the matter with you? Well, you see all that lot out there. Looks to me as though there's a riot going on. And if somebody takes a pot shot at him and misses, it's going to hit you or me. Come on, he says, let's move. <laughs> <laughs> So we moved another four or five seats down. <laughs> Dear. And he says to me, good thinking, Cole. And and you, you, you both managed to uh, escape Survive. unscathed, yes. That uh, was a wonderful trip, yeah. wonderful trip. And didn't he go on a boat? Uh, and... We went on a boat to go, though. Yeah, oh, he wasn't and... wasn't too fussed. 
he didn't like that. I've got some pictures of him not mm. being very happy on it, but I was happy because they found out that I'd been in the Navy and uh, the skipper sent for me and he says, come on, sir, get on the home. You can take us there. And I'm standing there steering this bloody boat. It was a high-speed pursuit boat, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, the Maltese Navy. And I, I went to see Brian after and I says to him, fantastic, I said, I really enjoyed this. He says, I'm glad you're enjoying it. He says, I can't wait to bloody get off it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any sea legs, did he? No. No. And he he wasn't much of a confident flyer either, I don't think. I don't think so. Mm. He, sometimes he gave you the impression that he wasn't happy. And then another time it didn't seem to bother him. But uh, I don't think he enjoyed flying that much. No. No. Because there was one time, you know, when uh, he got on a flight that was going to Saudi or somewhere, and it started to take off, and it had to, uh, it, it, he thought it had to abort. And um, he said, uh, we're, go- we're going to try again. He says, not with us on, you're not. And he got off. <laughs> he got the players off and everybody off. <laughs> Didn't Brian ask you to look after Bill Shankly uh, at a match? One of the greatest moments in my footballing memories. I'm not sure whether it was playing at Anfield or Old Trafford, but was in the hotel having lunch. And Brian says, will you do me a favour, Cole? I says, yeah, of course I will. He says, will you look after Bill Shankly for me? I says, crikey, yeah, of course I will. He says, he's a lovely man. He says, but I've got a game. I've got a game to play today, he says. So I sat with Bill Shankly, and Bill Shankly's mate, his best mate, I suppose. And we had lunch, and he's talking to me. Well, you, you must have heard Bill Shankly when he's talking football. And I, I, I couldn't cope with him. It was, it was a bit like uh, Jimmy Cyril. Jimmy Cyril used to talk football in a strange way. I, I, I find it difficult, in a professional way. I must say, I got on very well with Bill Shankly. I thoroughly enjoyed the occasion. And after the game, we're driving back, and Brian says, Carl, I want want to thank you. I says, what for? He says, I want to to thank you for looking after my mate, Bill Shankly. I says, Brian, what a privilege. Well, the following week, or, or fortnight later, Bill, Brian had invited Bill down to Nottingham to a game, to Forest. Yeah. And, of course, I'm in the guest room, and all the all the people in the guest room, Fred Reacher and all the other directors and everything, cramming to get a chat with Bill Shankly. Hello, Bill, hello, Bill, and all this. And Bill sort of looked over their shoulders, looked at me and came up to me and says, Hello, son. Are you still looking after him? Well, <laughs> the, 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 the room went a bit quiet. And he stood with me until the kick-off and more or less ignored everybody else. And <laughs> I thought, by cracker, that's a privilege. It is, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I met him several times after and uh, always got on well with him and he always acknowledged me, which I put that down as one of the best things in football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you accompanied Brian to to a number of events, and I think there was one yeah. where it was a league managers association meeting, and yeah. you, you you ended up sitting with with some of the big names. And well, and I, 
I sat with, I sat on the table. Well, of course, Brian was on there. Uh, the football league manager is a big guy with glasses. Uh, I can't think of his oh, name. He, he, Kelly Graham Kelly. Yeah, he was on the same table. Uh, the uh, West Ham manager, John Lyle. Um, there was quite a few, and uh, there were all. Uh, there were several tables, of course, but all the league managers were there. And uh, we're chatting away, and uh, they're having a discussion about crowds and seating and looking after the spectators. And uh, they were all waxing lyrically. All at once, Brian says, just a minute, all of you. My mate's down there. He'll tell you a bit about what's happening, what it's like to be on the terraces. <laughs> they got me to, they're asking me questions about what what did I think, What, what you know, about seating and all this, that and the other. It was fantastic, and uh, um, Jim Hill had organised it. It was it was at Coventry City. But what I'd done, I dropped Brian off at the league managers' meeting, and I went off to an exhibition, at the uh, exhibition centre, just down the road. And um, when I went back to pick him up, Jim Hill came down. He says, "Colin, is it?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Come on, come up." He said, "There's a meal for you." And he sat me with them, and um, I had a photo taken with all of them. And I'm standing on the front row, and all the managers all surrounding me, and I've never seen that photo to this Aww. day. I've tried to get... I, I tried to get he, he was um, a photographer who was the official photographer of Villa, and sadly, he, he, he passed away. Somebody wrote a book about him, and I, I bought this book, and I thought, surely there'll be a photo in there of all the league managers. But there wasn't. And I said to Brian, have you got it? Have you got a photo of it? It might be in my study, he said. But was on one another occasion, we met up with Jimmy Hill, and I asked Jimmy Hill where I might get the photo. And he says, can't help you. He says, I don't know. Because it's just everything, nothing to them. Yes. But it, but it was everything to me. Yeah, yeah. And if it ever surfaces, I'd... But so pleased to see it. Yes, yeah. if it, so if anyone's listening who knows where that photo might be, from the League Managers Association, when Jimmy Hill was at Coventry and John Lyle was at West Ham, then um, we'll try and find a copy. But, Thank you for that. Yeah. And there were times, I think, when uh, you were chatting to Brian and uh, it, maybe after a match and he asked you who you thought played the best. And that, that was always a bit of a difficult one for you. <laughs> I tried to be as diplomatic as I could. And I say, um, well, I think they all played well. I said, some better than others, of course. He says, don't waffle. He says, who do you think was the best? Uh, I picked out Roy, Roy Keane, a couple of times. I picked out a relative of Brian's. Oh, yes. Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, I picked him out. Uh, I also picked out Frank Clark. I thought, different, obviously, different games, different times. I always liked um, Gary Bertels. He was a phenomenon, but he was getting perfect service. He'd got, some, he'd got John Robertson putting the ball on his toe. There was a lot of good, lot of good players, uh, and it was very difficult. Yeah. I don't know why Brian used to ask me that, but... He did. It was some psychological thing to to get other people thinking. Looking back now, Colin, who would you say your favourite Cluffy player was, either Forest or Derby? Um, 
I like Archie. Yeah, I think Archie was brilliant. Archie Gemmell, of course, at Forest, Forest and Derby, yeah. Yeah, John O'Hare, and of course, our captain, John McGovern. Jo- yeah. yeah. John came to Derby, <laughs> he looked like a hippie. And the first thing that Brian got him to do was have an haircut, and he never, long, he never grew his hair long again. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to, to, to pick out any one, yeah. any, any one player. But uh, I, I think Robinson was a bit special. And, and in recent years, our great fullback, Stuart, Stuart Pearce. Stuart Pearce. Oh, what a player. Yeah. What a player. If you thought about John Robertson in these days, he'd be worth, well, off the scale, wouldn't he, uh, in millions? Would he be able to do it? Would, would they allow him to do it, these players? Do you think not? Do you think... Uh, well, when pro- at the recently, you know, I've, I still watch Forrest as much as I can. And um, I, I look at some of, the, some of the opposition in particular. They're very good at kicking players and tripping them and getting away with it. John used to keep the ball very close. It, it was like it was stuck to his foot. But some of the, some of the scything um, tackles and cynical tackles today, I don't know whether he would or not. But uh, I'd like to see him in action again. Yeah, be marvellous. Yeah, the way he could cross a ball from the, oh, from the byline. The, the way he used to take it up to a player and walk by him. It didn't look as though he got any pace at all. But he could turn it on. Yeah. But his accuracy crossing the ball. But I've got to think of another one who, who impressed me and played at Forest and then went to Derby. Alan Hinton, what a player he was. Pace, accuracy, a kid at the ball as hard as anybody I've seen. Yeah, uh, some spectacular goals from him. Oh, fantastic. Mm. And I think he had his best days at Derby. Yeah, he was good. Now, you uh, enjoyed a lot of time away from football with Brian. What was it yeah. like um, going on holiday with him to, to Calamillor? I used to, uh, I was a bit privileged because there'd be about 14 of us go, you know, his friends and sometimes his relatives and whatever. And Brian had an apartment in, in Calamillor and we used to stay, most of us used to stay in other apartments. I... <laughs> He, he, he used to say to me, Carl, I've got to take the laundry out tomorrow. Are you coming with me? I'd say, yeah, of course. We used to trundle down the seafront with bags of laundry, put the laundry into the laundrette. We never fetched it back, I might add. <laughs> we took it and we sit and talk. And he used to ask me about how I managed my men at work and what it was like, industrial relations and... Um, you know, and then he'd talk about general things. He'd love to talk about family, my family and his family. We got on so well. Yes. And and he, he, he said to me on one occasion, he said, you know what, Colin, if I could pick another brother, it'd be you. Well. Wow. That's something special. That is. We, we used to have some really, really good family times. And we'd all meet in the evenings and all, all eat in the same restaurant swapping yarns and having a bit of fun and what have you. Many is the time we've been up to the northeast and been up to look at his old house where he lived with his mum and dad. Oh, yeah, Valley Road. He used, he, yeah. He, used to like, he used to like to go and uh, have a look at, uh, at it and he'd tell us all sorts of, all sorts of tales. I used to be enthralled with his family tales. 
And I know you, you've had a lot of links with um, the Royal British Legion over the years, and um, yes. you spent time with him at the Legion. Um, yes. Uh, you yes, know. He, he, he joined the Legion. He'd done his national service. And uh, there was a little Legion at Darley Abbey, where, not far from where he lived, and we used to go in there playing snooker and dominoes. And... Um, of course, they knew that I was a Legion official. Well, I was on the, I, I was a, a chairman in Nottingham. We used to go in every week. He loved to play snooker, but he loved to play, play dominoes more than that, more than that. And and then that that's not all with the Legion. Um, I know that Alan Hill and others were were keen to get Forrest to play a charity game up at Keyworth, where. I used to live in Keyworth, and uh, they didn't ask Brian. And so they said to me, have a word with him and see, see if he'll support Arthur Oldham, who was the um, Keyworth manager at the time. And um, I said to Brian, Brian, do you think it would be possible to send a team up to uh, give Keyworth a lift? And he said, yeah. oh, we'll think about it. He says, it sounds like a good idea. I said, uh, I said, we're opening our new premises. We've refurbished it. Our legion headquarters in Keyworth. I'll come, he said, I'll open it for you. So he came to Keyworth with some of the players and Ron Fenton and Liam O'Kane and everybody else. And he was playing darts and pool with the lads. And then yeah. uh, two or three weeks later, he brought the team up to Keyworth and played a game. And after the game, they brought Barbara and himself. I lived in Keyworth at the time. They came back to our house after, and we watched Wimbledon tennis. <laughs> That's a, gr- a great memory. And, and another example yeah. of his sort of generosity, but away from oh, the spotlight. Fantastic, fantastic. The place was buzzing and uh, made me feel 10 foot tall. Yeah. I think that I'd been able to organise the two events. And when you were with him at the Legion, how competitive was he with the dominoes? Oh, dear. <laughs> if you played the wrong domino, he'd say, ah, Joe, would throw, have you thrown out of the club for that? But Joe was his <laughs> oldest brother. Yes. And a, a superb domino player. <laughs> uh, and Brian was a good player. And to be fair, I wasn't too bad. I had had some good teachers. And we used to play fives and threes. And not only did we play in the Legion, when we were on holiday in Calabar, there was a, a three or four of us used to sit in the evenings on playing playing dominoes, and people walking by and recognising Brian and one or two things, and being amazed that he'd sit there having a game of dominoes with his mates. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Uh, Good memories. But he was very, very, very competitive, and if if I partnered him at snooker. Oh, he'd never tell you what ball to play, but he'd always tell you if you played the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he, but he did give words of encouragement. I think is that right? He, he, he'd uh, if you were his partner at Domino's. Oh yeah, he'd, uh, yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd give you signals, <laughs> <laughs> secret signals. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you'd played, well, you didn't play the wrong Domino. <laughs> you, had to, you had to remember the basic rules. <laughs> it's fives and threes. 
Yes. And, and as, as I say, you can always tell if if he won't very please. Uh, as I repeat what he said, our <laughs> Joe would have you thrown out for playing a card. Oh, he called him cards. Our Joe would have you thrown out for playing a card like that. <laughs> so you know you played the wrong one. Yeah. Uh, uh, some fun. We did have some really, really good fun. Some good years. Good years. Oh, absolutely brilliant. And getting to know Brian as a man, mm. as, a, as a, a man, a father, a husband, as a family man, it, it, it was special. Well, thank you ever so much for sharing your memories today, Colin. It's been uh, fascinating to to hear. Of course, they're they're in the book Champagne Memories, which yeah. uh, is is still out there. So, yeah. um, thanks ever so much for joining us. Marcus, well, it's been a delight recalling the things we've talked about. I've got some wonderful memories, and sustains me in my old age. And thanks to you for listening. Look out for the chance to win a copy of Colin's book, Champagne Memories, which is also signed by Colin. Just visit the podcast page on the website for more details. I'll be back soon with more memories of the great man in the green jumper.